Good evening, and welcome back to the Desert Tone Podcast. Hope y'all are doing all right. Uh, my name is Dylan. I'm joined with the pals. Uh, this is Jared. This is Joey. Thank you guys again for tuning in. This is episode eight. We are in the middle of August. It's pretty wild. Looking forward to a little cooler weather. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, we're doing all right. And again, appreciate everyone for giving us any feedback and checking out the podcast. This has been uh, been an adventure for us, for sure. And we definitely appreciate any feedback and ideas as well as we continue to uh, carve out this show. And we, pre- again, just appreciate appreciate you listening and, and checking it out. Um, so what is going on, guys? Um, we what's what's on reverb? What do we guys what are we into mm. this month? Anyone got anything cool? I'll let Joey go first if he has anything. Nothing super exciting. I just there is a <clears throat> there's a Seymour Duncan uh, like custom shop metal fatigue named after um, an Alan Holdsworth uh, record and or song. Um, Humbucker that's on there right now. That's like two hundred bucks. That I see rarely see come up, but those are cool. Um, nice. It's like from twenty twenty one. Um, besides that, there's nothing else super interesting on there right now that I can see. Um, yeah, I haven't seen anything too, too new. Um, that's on my watch list, but my feed, uh, well, I guess they have, there's someone who's selling the cream AC 30 again. So that's cool. It's on there. It's like $1,100. Um, one of those that I, it's like the same one that I used to have. And there's a an M9 and JHV3 modded one. Nice. That's a sick one. Yeah. Um, nothing. Yeah. Not not too much else. It's, that's, those are the highlights I'd say from what I'm seeing right now. Nice. Nice. How about you, Dylan? Uh, let's see. Well, uh, again, another uh, shout out to my good pals uh, up at the, in Cedar Crest, New Mexico, at the Village Guitarist. Uh, they recently started carrying Sir yeah, guitars. That was super cool. And uh, they've got some, uh, they've got some pickups, and they've got some pedals, and then they've got their uh, that load box that is pretty popular. And so I yeah. think that stuff is pretty cool. Um, and then I've also just been watching, um, looking for the. The Line Six HX Stomp, but in the limited Sweetwater uh, Stormtrooper White. Oh, I think yeah. that one is really mm, cool. cool. I'm a big fan of the YouTuber John Nathan Cordy, and he's definitely a, a champion of of uh, Line Six stuff. And so I think that is pretty cool. Um, otherwise, I think you know I'm always looking at. Um, Always looking at like OM size acoustic guitars, Martin OM 28s, Larave OM 40s, that kind of thing. And uh, always looking for, I just uh, am a PRS fanboy as of late. And so I'm always liking the new stuff that they're putting out and um, checking out some like the S2 models and uh, the custom 20, S2 custom 24, which looks pretty cool to me. Yeah. What about you, Jared? What do you see? Um, I haven't really been spending a lot of time on reverse specifically. If I'm looking back at what is in my recently viewed, it's mostly stuff that my cousin has sent me when thinking about buying bass equipment. Shout out Casey. Yeah. Shout out, uh, to, um, Casey, uh, our biggest fan. Um, 
so, you know, he just recently uh, picked up a Charvel, uh, uh, the PJ five string um, in white. So it's a, it's basically identical to mine, hmm. um, but he got it at a guitar center um, in uh, the uh, Phoenix area. And he was looking at, at um, amplifier stuff. So he ended up getting uh, Ampeg. Um, it's uh it's a uh it's a v4b um it's a 100 watt head uh and then he got a matching 2 by 12 um also from ampeg uh i don't know it's it's pretty cool it's it's a tube head it's it like wasn't something that i had ever really looked at or had my eye on but it's 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 really cool actually those are sick I yeah i really like those um uh I tried to lobby him to buy solid state stuff, but I think he made the right choice. So now I can go up there, try it, and then want to buy it, you know, and then be stuck in a, a never-ending loop of hungering after crap. Over and over, the cycle recycles. Elliot Coleman, 2011, <laughs> something like that. But Jared, you got so you got some new stuff yourself. What's going on in in, in the rock and corner? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Come on, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You sound just like your dad. Um, Yeah, so I picked up a um, a Zilla 2x12 um, Studio Pro. Uh, You guys both have Zilla cabs. They're fat boys. Mm -hmm. Or are they super fat boys? No, they're just the standard fat boy. Okay, yeah. So... um, He's uh that guy is a uh, custom cab maker um out of uh, Cornwall in uh, South England and uh yeah he makes really cool stuff I mean there's a lot of people that we follow and pay attention to that use their cabs um but uh yeah I got a good deal on one um ended up ordering it it got here super fast and I've been really happy with it. Yeah, and then I believe in the last episode or the episode before that, Dylan, you were talking about the um, FM3 Turbo that got put out, and I basically bought it while we were sitting at the table here. Nice. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with it. I've recorded with it a few times. Really, really, really like how it sounds. Um, the Last of Us cover that I did was was using uh, the FM3, which was which is cool. Um, and then I did like a couple of like metal things just to, just to play with it and see, which has been really fun. Um, and I think the cab sounds great. It's got, um, two, uh, T 30s in it. Um, I thought about doing a cream back and a T 30, but I ended up just doing both the same for now until I decide to change it maybe later. Yeah. That's a good project for you down the road is to change it out yourself. Yeah, I've been talking to them about base cap stuff too. Um, they kind of have like an interesting take on that, and mm-hmm. uh, they do twelves primarily. Mm-hmm. So, okay, um, yeah, uh, and they're like a little bit. So they're almost like the same size as the dark glass cabs. Um, so it's like a little bit like larger, like oversized uh, kind of, mm-hmm. um, which I think is is cool. Um, they just have like so many design options to make it look you know however you want or um 
And that picture that they put up of Paul McCartney walking in front of one of them, mm-hmm. um, he was very clear with me that Paul does not endorse, nor does he play Zillig cabs. <laughs> but um, that's a really cool looking cab. It's like blue, blue Tolex, I think, and then has like that really cool like like pattern on the on the uh, uh, grill cloth, which is really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's a nice dude, and I think that. He's got a good team, which is really fun. Yeah, those are definitely really cool cabinets. Some of my favorites for sure. I think uh, someday I will try a fat baby 1x12. Those look pretty cool too. Everybody can use a fat baby, let me tell you. That is absolutely right. What is wild is that you told me that the that it got here you know, within a couple of days and more or less cost the same as when Joey and I ordered ours almost a decade ago. Yeah. So... I got it for eight hundred bucks. Which is milk and eggs are going up. Zilla is is stay in the course. <laughs> yeah, which you know I think I want to say it, he probably maybe took a little bit off because it was something that they had already had like half built. Yeah, but it just so happened to be pretty close to what I wanted anyway. Yeah, so it ended up being all right. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. but you know like. Yeah, I think all said and done after tax and everything like that, it was like eight fifty maybe. So it really wasn't terrible. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's just walking around money in this world. <laughs> yeah, which is of, of pretty music. pretty shocking actually. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Right on. And then also while we're talking to Jared here, keying in on what's going on with him, he recently put out a new project. Uh, a few weeks back, for those who don't know, uh, Jared releases music under the name Taipan. So you can find his stuff on Spotify and Apple Music and then also uh, thenoblehouse.net. That's right. Yeah. And, wow. Uh, look, look at that. You got it. Uh, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell <the> me. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I put out um, an eight song thing uh, August 1st. Um, came out a little bit early actually uh just because i was tired of sitting on it but um yeah it's eight songs of like electronic kind of like i don't i really wouldn't say it's like ambient music anymore it's more like cinematic sounds that there's like spoken word stuff over um i use a lot of like uh of um virtual instruments um Omnisphere is a really big deal for me. I use that a lot. I got Keyscapes. I use that a lot. Um, I use the uh, Audio Imperia. Uh, their like orchestral stuff, which is the um, I believe that uh, Misha uses that or um, some of their stuff. Um, and so, yeah, and then bass and guitar and that kind of thing. Um, I've been doing this now since 2020 and it's gradually kind of evolved. So previously it was really just kind of like personal stuff, um, that was put into the songs and I decided that it would be more, more interesting, at least to me to kind of combine my interests. So starting last year, um, I, I named all the songs after like historical events that were somewhat significant, um, to me or that I found like interesting. And then I wrote about them in addition to the lyrics that, you know, kind of loosely applied. Um, and this year, uh, I decided to take that a little farther. So, um, there's like a central theme 
uh, this time around that everything kind of blends into and then song eight sums it up at the end um yeah so if you're having interest in that kind of stuff then it's it's worth hearing there's also like a 56 page book that i wrote to uh, go along with it that has like all the historical background um the lyrics and then just some general kind of information about about um what was used and everything else and it's all free um and there's a podcast out too so like if you don't want to read it then you can just listen to me talk if you're not tired of that already and uh i just read the book but then go into more detail and mm -hmm. it it's like two hours long for the entire like all 10 or 11 episodes so it's not super long but it was a lot of fun i'm looking forward to uh, the next thing already uh maybe won't ever do something quite like this again i've got a different idea for next time but casey uh indicated to me that he would be interested in me doing like a just history thing uh so i've been thinking about that too um and maybe seeing how i could do something kind of like that and make it a little more involved than just like the excerpts that i put in the songs you know mm -hmm. um I'm thinking about going back to school too, actually, to get a master's in, in history. Mm. Uh, we'll see, maybe not, but I think it would be fun for sure. Um, you don't really need the, the, uh, degree, but it makes your writing a lot more credible if you have it. Um, you know, I mean, I obviously have a day job. I don't really want that to be my day job, but, um, you know, it would be cool, uh, for sure. And I spend so much of my free time doing it anyway. I might as well. Why not combine your interests? Get something else out of it. Yeah, very cool. So once again, head, cruise over to thenoblehouse.net to check out stuff. Yeah, we can drop the link or something in the in the description. Link below. So, like, like and subscribe. <laughs> so uh, today, uh, or this evening, I should say, we're going to do a little bit more of an expansion on effect pedals that was kind of what we were talking about last month and uh what the hell are they and what the hell do they, <laughs> do they mean for us and <laughs> what do they mean for me so joey what are they <laughs> where do they come from <laughs> oh magic conch slash joey <laughs> where do we go from here well pedals are fun they're i mean it's probably I don't know if it's my favorite part of it, but it's like, again, we've said it, I think we said it in the last one, just like the most, almost the most personal part of it. I really like sitting there and thinking and planning it out because I mean, you can plan out, you can plan out your guitar and how you want to mess with it and how you're going to change the amp and the way you're going to spec all that. But once you've got it done, it's kind of like there unless you want to change it again. But the pedal board is like an ever changing thing to me. Like in my head, like you could always change it to, I want to try this drive today or I'm going to, you know, so it's so like application based. Uh, not everything will, not everything you're playing calls for every effect. So sometimes it's just like throwing an effect on and then like it changes the, changes the feeling of a riff or a section. And it's like the most living part of it, I guess, outside of the guitar. It's just like, so much you can do with it. There's so many different ways to customize it. And I really like that about it. As much as I like the stuff that like, once you've got it dialed, it's good. 
um, that amount of like the variance and like what you can put on the board is like really fun for me. Yeah, you also do a thing where you will like you have like a set amount of space and then you you like really do a good job of like planning it out. Yeah, that's, that's really fun for me using like the, the planners, pedal train has them, temple boards has them, uh, where you can go and put all the pedals that you're interested in or stuff that like, you know, is like a similar size and kind of like figure out how you're going to make it fit. And I think that that's part of it is like working within the limitations of like whatever X thing is, is um, interesting to me because I don't like, I'm not the biggest fan of like huge boards. Yeah. Um, so like trying to get the most out of a certain amount of space is like a fun challenge and like puzzle game for me. So I, I do that a lot. Uh, it's really fun. Yeah. It definitely is the most customizable piece, I think. Yeah. Like there's just some, and like also, and I think we actually said, I think we actually said this last month too. Um, it is like, shocking like how saturated the market is now like there's so many variations of so many different categorical or so many variations in so many different categories of pedal um (laughs) the face you made was really funny you were like (laughs) um uh so it's like it's actually like the best time to be interested in it honestly is because you, you, you just have so many options and uh from brands that we all know and love or know and hate to uh, like the most like unique possible thing, you know, ever, like there's a full gamut there. Like in the same way, there's 5,000 types of craft beer. There's like 5,000 types of, of, uh, boutique pedals now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is, is cool for sure. Um, I, I can't help but kind of wonder like where these people are, are funding this, but, um, you know how many could they possibly sell but it's 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 awesome what would you say is like your favorite type of pedal oh man it's a toss-up between delay uh or 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 reverb probably um maybe like i think the space echo kind of is a happy meet and so is the strymon uh big sky like um it kind of is a meeting of the minds there because I just really like those ambient sounds. Um, you know, I, like there, there's not as much like utility there. I think for me, for the stuff that I play and record necessarily, but I get the most enjoyment out of tweaking stuff like that. Like I can just sit in here and like play and mess with it. And it, and just kind of feel like a sense of peace or like calm that comes over me and, yeah, this is really strange, okay? But I'm gonna tell the story anyway. So, it, it like whenever I'm sitting here doing that, like tweaking uh, a reverb or a, a delay pedal or or both simultaneously, and I'm like just playing and like kind of going with uh, the moment of playing. It reminds me so much of Jonathan Hunt's dad and him sitting and just playing guitar and singing in in their front room. And like, kind of like the weird, like almost like a transcendental state of like just, you know, being in that moment of just like hearing the sounds and like, you know, just kind of experiencing it as if he was listening to it, not not really playing it. Mm. And for some reason, like that always comes into my mind 
like subconsciously or, or or consciously and i think like yeah this is really this is like this is great like i really enjoy this <laughs> you know but i mean if i'm trying to like record something then it's like it's a tool and then i'm like trying to find the best thing for this that particular sound or whatever mm-hmm. you know how about you guys drive um i mean it just it it depends on what what's going on but i guess i guess for me it would just be like just i've always wanted or now really at least really want a strymon flint and i have never been so i mean i guess i would mostly say reverb because if an amp doesn't have reverb like i get you just need a little something a little air yeah but um i've never been played a whole lot with tremolo but i've definitely been experimenting with that more lately especially as my dream pedal yeah, or yeah. used playing the uh the neural uh dsp tone king amp which is kind of a deluxe reverb modernized and stuff like that and so that's it's cool that especially considering like fender amps that that's like a tube amp but it also like has you know the tremolo and the reverb on it and like that's even just that is just enough that you can really get lost in that yeah so, yeah, I'm going to go with reverb and tremolo. Hmm, nice. Joey? Uh, mine's definitely drive. Yep. Yeah, drive pedals. Got them. Um, or, like, anything that will shape the sound as opposed to just, like, adding something that's not there. Um, mm-hmm. Like, that is always, like, what I gravitate towards. Like, something that will affect the feel of what I'm doing, like, and not change not necessarily change what I do with it. Cause like I wouldn't play a, like a, a distorted riff with a delay pedal on and like get like the same satisfaction out of doing it. Cause it's just being doubled up or whatever the interval is for it. Right. <clears throat> but I could play the riff with multiple different drives or different boosts that are shaping the sound in different ways. And I can do that forever. Like just, uh, I can, I don't know. Like I, it's it's very much a feel thing. How it feels whenever like I, I go to play and like I palm mute and it blooms in a certain way because it's like not cutting off all the low end on one thing or like the 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 like harmonic content that's there in the distortion or the the way the drive overlaps with what the amp is producing. Like that like harmonic relationship is like a I like live for hearing like really sweet. Uh, distorted sounds whether it's like high gain or not like yeah. a really sweet driven sound is like my home base um, yeah. so definitely it's it's like drives boosts um anything that like basically just shapes the sound i will say that i really did not get it very well until i until i i owned a few of my own drive pedals and got to play with them and like go back and forth and so um you know, like I've obviously played the, you know, uh, any drive pedals that you've owned or that Dylan's owned and I've played through the fractal and I've had like, you know, various multi-effects units, but, you know, being able to sit with it and like play, you know, for like a longer period of time, I get it a lot more. And also like, um, even if it's the real pedal or, um, the, uh, emulated one, like, um, on the FM3 or the, um xfx2 like you you know you you can get a sense of of the variation there and like there there is like uh 
it's not just for like high gain sounds it's for it's for any sound like just what variation there can be with changing out the drive pedal and like what what parts of the sound it it accents and where you want to you know strike that chord like you know do you want more bite do you want a little more uh compression do you want to be tighter you know stuff like that like you really have a lot of room there and uh like i definitely i see what you mean now more than probably i ever have um yeah it's a lot of fun actually yeah i'd say the same about a fuzz too it's like oh yeah another like it's just a totally different character of drive um and clipping that's like uh yeah just really fun it's got like i play through a fuzz and i just like sometimes it's cool to play what i already know it sounds good without it yeah and it just gives me a different perspective on it like i definitely like like messing around with delays and reverbs and i like a good chorus and stuff too but um i don't know i don't i don't i don't have the same like get lost in the sauce I wasn't going to say sauce, but <laughs> I don't uh, spend so much time doing uh, stuff like that, but it's yeah. definitely cool. So that's what really trips me out about the way huge pedal that I have for bass, the pork and pickle, mm-hmm. is that it's a overdrive and a fuzz combined, and you toggle the circuit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it's either overdrive or fuzz. Yeah, Man, that thing is crazy. I love playing with that pedal. Like, even if you have the gain totally backed off, like just just playing with it on and like sculpting your sound a little bit makes all the difference in the world and then you know is it the best overdrive pedal or the best fuzz pedal you know probably not i really like it actually quite a bit but like uh getting or being able to easily a b between the overdrive and the fuzz sound is really cool just toggling that switch which i guess you could do that if you had an overdrive and a fuzz pedal side by side, you can just click one off and on. Mm-hmm. But you know it's in the same box, so that's that's cool. Um, it's crazy what you know in the same ways that drive affects guitar. You know it obviously does a lot of the same things to bass, but you know it can just make it so much more present. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and you know it can roll off some of the low end or like you know boost us. Uh, some of the mids or the highs or something but like uh i think in a lot of cases well i can't speak for everyone but the like relying on the drive especially in the context of playing bass to to make the instrument fit into the song in a live setting or you know a recorded or something but you have not as much control live Mm -hmm. so you know it's I don't know. It just, it's fun to play with was the long and short of it there. Very nice. Yeah, secondary to that, it'd probably be a reverb for me. Like I like a good hall reverb or oh, yeah. <clears throat> something. Like I'll agree with Dylan. Like I, I, depending on what I'm playing, it's like really nice. Especially if it's like anything that's like mildly driven or not driven at all. Like having the reverb there is like almost a must. Mm-hmm. So did you know that I was going to say a reverb and delay? I would have guessed delay. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. I would have, I would have guessed. Do the AC thirties they have and fifties have reverb on them? The yeah, I mean, there's sure, yeah. you'll find examples of them that don't, but for the most all part. the newer ones, all the ones the last ten years for the pretty much have them. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting my hot rod deluxe repaired 
Um, and but that one unfortunately does not have tremolo on it. Um, I was also I'm not super versed in like the history of Fender amps, but I've seen like uh, Pro Reverb. That one looks cool, and yeah. some of those other ones I don't know if they all come with tremolo or not. But not that you necessarily using tremolo all the time but that is a cool a cool effect to throw in the mix as well and then just honorable mention an honorable mention for me would be just like chorus and vibrato that kind yeah. of thing yeah like um, a good vibrato i'm a big uh mac demarco fan and i like all that warbling yeah that fun fun stuff as well i love a good warble i like to i like to be drunk on the guitar <laughs> um well i guess that takes us to kind of an kind of an interesting point where we don't have to you know go into crazy detail about it but like think about how many songs um are popular or not that the the riff or really any part of the song is completely i reliant on effects so you know there's like the hits that come to mind uh that dire straight song um honey or nothing like that yeah. song is like completely like if it didn't have the effect there, it, it would not be nearly as cool as it is. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't even really like that song, but it's a, it's a cool riff. Yeah, it's just a wah pedal that was like cocked halfway. Oh really? Yeah. It, I thought it was a. No, it was just kind of an accident filter. in the studio. Oh, I mean, that's kind of what a filter does too. Is like. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. kind of is a is the same thing as well. But yeah, I also think of like Pink Floyd. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, all the the phaser and all the subtle stuff and um Unchained by Van Halen was got the phaser on it as well, I think. I remember that song. I've never um, heard that song. I, don't think. <laughs> I of the ones you listed here off the top of your head, the only one I don't know is uh, My Bloody Valentine. That's a classic one. Yeah, that's, that's a classic that's one. A reverse one. reverb. Well, you'll have to show me what that's like afterwards. Oh, I don't think you can handle it, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I do need a good fuzz pedal. What do you guys recommend? Uh, hmm. Joey? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's so many good ones now. Um, I think I want to say they have like more affordable and smaller like electromonics. Uh, like the green, like military green Russian Big Muff kind of thing. Those are sick. Mm. Uh, I've had a lot of buddies that have had the Muffaletta, which is kind of like a do-it-all or like has a take on all the classic ones um, thing. Let's see. Yeah, there's, there's so many. <laughs> there's quite a lot. But I like the, I like the green uh, Russian Big Muff uh, style one. Yeah. yeah, like that. Those I've got good. a dumb thing to ask. Uh, is there a difference between the the original? Like, does the does the pie mean anything, or is that just like a branding thing? It's just a branding thing. It's just okay. a, like I don't know that it's always been there, but for as long as I've known the brand, they've had Big Muff Pie. Yeah. That's what it's called. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, I think the only physical fuzz that i've really had extended time with was uh jameson's fuzz face what's the hendrix one 
I think it's a fuzz face. Fuzz, fuzz face, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the round UFL-looking yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, that one's pretty cool for sure. And then there's all there's an effect that I that I do in the axe effects, which I've asked about before because I don't even really remember how I stumbled upon it, but it's like changing the overdrive like having a high gain sound and then changing the overdrive to a fuzz and then changing the clip type the cl i think it was the clip type on the on the fuzz to a fw slash recto tube and it gives this like really like almost uh pixelated sound to it like um pixel crushed what's the word bit crusher bit crusher it almost sounds like a bit crusher on the sound yeah and so I imagine that can be accomplished more than in other ways than just that, but that's a fun, that's a fun situation that I found myself using in the past yeah. as well as like the, you know, what you would assume just like using it for like a blues overdrive thing. Did we, did you use that on, on Will? Was that what you used on Will? Uh, um, use it a lot, like on a number of things. But. Yeah, it was on Temper. Oh, yeah. Bow. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. also on the breakdown of Volt. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's definitely... It's, and there's just been many situations where the effect is just the main point of, like, inspiration for me. Yeah. Um, that it's like, you know, I write a riff around whatever patch I dialed in that day or whatever combination of, of pedals. And so that's, like super important just as inspiring and just keeping you interested and excited about playing the guitar yeah as yeah um there as, as i've said in the past there's definitely times where it's like really cool to just like just play straight into the amp and stuff but they're equally there's time there's plenty of times where it's like really cool to craft up a, a unique concoction of of sounds and just kind of get lost in all of it and then you know um, just having the physical pedals to try different orders and move things around and stuff is, is like a lot of the fun of it. Yeah. I can't really think of a time that I've written something, at least recently, that it didn't rely on an effect in some way. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically, maybe just like bass riffs for songs. Mm -hmm. You know, those stay pretty, pretty much into the amp with some, you know, some minor effects but like uh, the actual writing of it was not built on having the effect there mm -hmm. so yeah joey did you ever play the the are are you do you know anything about the uh, earthquaker the hoof mm, i know it i don't i've never messed with one but i think I, I think one of my buddies had one um what's the color of the box i can't remember uh the hoof let me look oh it's like a gold no maybe this is not the one i'm big enough but i've definitely heard of this pedal uh i don't know that much about it it's a uh germanium fuzz pedal yeah okay nice. yeah um that uh um well according to them it's it's uh muffs style mm, okay they uh, oh also let me see here oh it's 
based on the yeah it's based on the russian fuzz no nice yeah yeah okay so okay, okay. Yeah. that's probably well, why i've heard of it but yeah they didn't always have uh the the latest like not now maybe it's the nano line like whatever the they never they didn't have the green one out for like a long time they probably had it for a long time now but um i think that it was like maybe an option at one point before electroharmonics brought it back yeah <clears throat> I just know how much uh, Tillin would love having something called the hoof. Hey, um, something that I don't really know. I've not seen it. I've not. I guess I've not really looked it up that much. Is to see like what an OG rotary speaker looks like and like well, how that mechanic works. I've seen one. I've seen one being used. I don't. You know, it's just like something on a. It's like you know it's kind of it's just on like a on a dial mm -hmm. yeah. that you know like uh it spins i don't know what you can control on it and what you can't but they put the mic in front of it there and you know like so it'll spin around and then it's just picking it up as it comes yeah. into into view you know yeah um it's pretty wild they used to be big Mm -hmm. uh, you know so mm -hmm. traditional ones are pretty heavy yeah they're pretty it's like a podium almost yeah 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 Damn. yeah it's a trip actually um let me i want to look at a picture of one um but uh the uh isn't the univibe is that a rotary speaker emulator? Don't you have have one of those? Yeah, I have the pedal. Um, is that what it's based off of? I don't even know. That's a chorus vibrato. Mm. So maybe not quite, but in that wheelhouse. Yeah, I don't know why I thought it was a rotary speaker, but um, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, like the weird things that people used to use to make certain sounds and like how, how we can just put them in a box now. Like it's really simple to like emulate the, mm -hmm. the, the same style of sound, but it looks like you can get like a, a brand new one. Uh, but it's obviously made or it's a, it's a new one in the style of a vintage one for like 3,500 bucks. That's like a really nice looking one. I mean, I don't, I don't really know anything about it, but there's, you know, smaller ones for like under a thousand, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's actually kind of cool. Um, I don't really know. I just watched like a chunk of the video. I don't know a whole lot of the history. I don't know if either of you guys do either, but, uh, Ross pedals is back. Uh, JHS kind of revived it. I guess co-revived a, a brand from the 90s uh, with an old school line of pedals and I watched their uh, kind of making of documentary and had a lot of old player had a lot of uh, big big name players on it as well they, they look pretty cool hmm Ross pedals yeah it's a pretty old name <clears throat> those enclosures are cool I've never even heard of these guys yeah, I didn't really until, until the other day as well. I thought you were going to tell me that it was a 
a Ross uh, dress for less pedal line. Joey, are you familiar with the brand Old Blood? Oh, yeah, Old Blood Noise Endeavors. That's a great, great brand. We got a lot of stick pedals, a lot of them. They're like, I don't know if it's their most popular one, but pro- probably the most popular one is the Black Fountain, which I've always liked that pedal. But they've got a bunch of really sick pedals. And they make really good music, like the, the main guy. Uh, Brady was the guy who, I don't, want, I don't know if he was like a co-founder, but he was like one of the, the main people from the inception of Walrus Audio and then went off to do Old Blood Noise Endeavors after that. But hmm. now there's like obviously way more people involved, or like other people involved uh, beyond Brady with Old Blood Noise. But yeah, Old Blood Noise is... They make really dope stuff. That's a really cool name for sure. Okay, so yeah, I have seen the Black Fountain before. I've never played with one, but I've I've seen it. Dang, these are all, all like really insane actually. Yeah, their their pedals are awesome. You can you can go and visit them by appointment only in Oklahoma City. Yeah, their fuzz is called the Haunt. Yep, that was like one of their first couple of pedals too. Dylan, he loves a good haunting, so. Yeah. I'm haunted. (laughs) Uh, Another kind of fad for pedals, or at least it's kind of been a thing um, over the past few years, is mini pedals, which I think is cool. I happen to be the proud owner of a mini pedal, a uh, mini tube screamer, TS-808. And uh, those can be fun, um, especially if you just, you know, just want a basic overdrive pedal or a basic reverb pedal that's kind of, you know, just has basic functions and you're not trying to go too deep on. Those are fun too. And it's also, I I like looking at it like when people make like a mini board, just all the little ones. Yeah. And that can be, that's, I imagine that's like pretty pretty practical and like uh, very portable and those are fun too um definitely a thing that we'll probably touch on more later is like some of the bigger pedals and like they maybe they have different power needs which is a thing that i run into when i want to use my qtron pedal it's yeah a 240 volt yeah big big old son of a gun <laughs> <laughs> um uh, so and especially like trying to use my dream pedal as well because that has some different power requirements and so it's kind mm. of been uh ongoing uh, education for me of like learning how to put a pedal board together and make sure that all the pieces go together and then also um getting it to where everything is powered correctly and that's like you know also doubles you know because i tend to be like transportation minded that thing everything doubles is being easily able to take apart and charge if need be or set it up get put it in the gig bag and go yeah yeah are you still using uh, the volto yes I got a Truton Pro 6, I think that's what it's called, and it is too big for my pedal board. Uh. Um, so I went to Lowe's and bought some um, cap uh, feet for, for chairs, and yeah. I put that on the bottom, and I can kind of, kind of prop the, the pedal board up a little bit more, and then it kind of works like that. But... If I was being uh, thorough, I would have worked out some of the dimensions a little bit better. Yeah, you um, really got it. And 
an operation going on there. Yeah, really Frankenstein'd it together. But um, if I do it all over again, I would probably get one of those chocks power supplies. Yeah, those oh, are yeah. those are the, the best in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. of the best. Yeah, ones. yeah. She always got me turned on to those too. Yeah. Do you guys have any uh, any eighteen volt pedals or anything wild like that? Um, take it. Mm, I don't know if there's any that are 18 volt um, that I have. I have some that can be ran at 18, but. Yeah. Um, what about the, the boss uh, multi-delays that you guys had a while back? Did those run off anything or are they just regular? The which ones? The like the DD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the DD five hundred. Um. Yeah. So everything I've got right now, which isn't the M nine, um, or the uh MS three on the board, they all use nine volt, but they used variation of like of milliamp yeah uh are requirements so they're mm-hmm. all nine volt but some of them are 250 milliamps some of them are 500 so you kind of have a little bit of a range there but yeah i might have misspoke by saying like 240 volts versus 18 yeah 18. i don't think it's it's probably not 240 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's like what your dryer uses or something maybe it is Maybe it's the craziest you plug <laughs> yeah. ever used by mortal man. What I don't do you know. mean you haven't plugged into your dryer yet? You guys are missing out. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> what was I going to say about the mini pedals? It's 24 volt. Okay. Somewhere in there. It's 450 volt. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, all the ones I have are pretty much 9 volt with varying degrees of milliamp uh, pull. But there are other ones like M9 or something. I just want to see if it's like a, like a 12 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the only knock on some of the Line 6 stuff is that the the power supplies are a little bit different. Yeah, but not only is the is the is the like the voltage thing is one thing. That's I mean that's not really the end of the world. But is weird about a lot of other stuff is that it's a different sized AC plug, so it's not exactly the same size as like everything else. So you you're almost completely tied to using their their unit or getting like a, a a special like if you have a power supply that uses or that has like you know 10 outs or something mm-hmm. getting a cable that will match your line six thing i don't know if that's still true now but the uh, the m9 had a uniquely sized ac port on it mm-hmm. that was always a hassle yeah i don't think it's that bad it's not like your phone like you're constantly having to Oh yeah, pull it true. in and out. Like you put yeah. it on the board and it's kind of done. But yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. is like you have to plan around it. Is the thing like you have to like consider that when you're looking for their power supplies. Like, can this power this, or do I have to have the the power supply it comes with? But I think more now, and especially with some of the chalk stuff, there's like like you see more like modular systems that people make where you have your main one and then they can power a separate one that will specifically work with. Um, I don't know if it's AC or, or what, but the other different types of things that require different types of power 
Yeah, I want to say it's AC. Yeah, because they had a. Because uh, I used to have to use an AC rider from Chalks to power, I think, either my M5 or M9 before, I want to say. But uh, I don't have it anymore because I don't have those pedals. But I think the mini pedal thing started from Moore. Not started, but like really picked up after they started doing everything in the mini form. Mm -hmm. And I think they're cool. I think it, I would only really be interested in one if, like, I think the TC Electronic ones are cool because it's like, if I want the Hall Reverb that the Hall of Fame does, or, you know, they have a couple different ones on there too, or like the reverse delay that the flashback does. And I just want it for that, then I'll we'll buy the little thing and have it set for that. But yeah, um, it's I mean you still lose some things from it too. But I think most of the time, I if I can fit the bigger one, I will. But if I'm like, I will tend to come to considering those last after I've like planned out the whole thing. And I think like oh I've got a little bit of space here and I can fit something else there, but not like a full size pedal. So yeah, I would put that there. Well, isn't it the case on those smaller TC electronic pedals that you can like hook them up to your uh, computer and like change? Yeah, you can just like load. Not, I don't know if they call them profiles, but something like a profile on there where it's just whatever the the one setting is there, and you have the three knobs or the two knobs, however many that you mess mm -hmm. with. Um, sometimes for just like a a boost thing too, like having the little thing is fine. Didn't you have a Ditto? I still have it. I still have my first gold ditto. Yeah, I have a ditto mini as well. And that's where, like, that one is, like, I only need it to, in the moment, get something down and try something over it. I don't need, like, really complex looping stuff with it. Yeah. Uh, so I just have it just for that, just to, to jam it at home. It's simple and straightforward. Yeah. DL4 is probably something that I would get if it was <clears throat> a bit more... Not intricate, but like more involved looping because those have always been really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like, that thing's a classic. No yeah. doubt. You remember uh, whenever um, Dan Briggs from Between the from between the Period and Me put up that video of him playing Telos and they have that like uh, LA part in the middle of it and he uses uh, the DL4 all the way through it to make those like analog sweeping sounds. Mm -hmm. Man, that was so I really like the PS3 a lot. That's a that's a like an example of like yeah. one that comes to mind where it's like that's a very like of its time and of like that's like the cave in pedal. Like I don't yeah. think <clears throat> I think Kurt Ballou said like and you can't like use that pedal and not sound like you're ripping off cave in. <laughs> like on that particular <laughs> setting, uh at least it's a really cool effect yeah but that's a sick pedal yeah it's crazy to me that they don't like that they just quit making it like yeah i guess it is kind of strange you would think with all the other stuff they brought back that that would be brought back to but i mean you can get it used but like it seems like that would be they like boss brings out or they bring back all kinds of stuff or they they keep stuff in 
in production for way longer than I would ever think somebody would. So you would think they would put that back, but I, I don't know. Did you ever use a, um, a slicer? I've never messed with a real one. I've messed with things that do that. Yeah. And it's like, they're fun. It's like another like novelty thing for me, though. It's like I don't really, I use it, I'll use it and mess with it, and then I'm just kind of like, okay, I just want to like actually play guitar now. Or like, Yeah, yeah. Is it kind of a similar effect to like the the microcosm thing, or is it no uh, no like I don't think so sampling looping. What does the slicer do? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what they call it, like how they referred, like what they marketed it as, but it's like a um it's like. I guess like a, a tremolo to me, it's like a tremolo with like a filter on it. Well, it's like you can set like you can how you can set quarter notes and stuff on a delay. You can set like a pattern like a to it where it'll chop what you're doing up um, in a, within a certain pattern. So you kind of play to that too, but mm, um, yeah. I'm sure there's like more to it. There's like a better way to say that like a, what do they what do they actually call it or what do they actually refer to it as slices and dices your sound to create rhythmic patterns on the spot okay, yeah okay i mean that's basically the same thing yeah but uh envelop your music in vibrant rhythmic energy yeah i guess it adds like a percussive thing to it like by cutting up your sound and like moving it in and out again it's like to me it's like a tremolo with like rhythmic patterns you can set and and things like that like adjusting the tempo and all that stuff um they're cool but try some tantric humming 10 hours <laughs> the choice is yours um another kind of thought that i had is um you know when you're when people are putting together pedal boards um you know assume considering whatever kind of music you're trying to play like and what kind of effects and what kind of, you know, bases you need to cover uh, as a guitar player or a bass player. It's like your pedal board can get pretty wild after a while. You can get have a lot of stuff stacked up and need to access things quickly and, and get from sound to sound. Um, and then so there's, there's uh, you know, they call it tap dancing. If you're playing a song and you're coming up to a part and you need to change, you need to turn off two pedals and turn on two, two other pedals and kind of thinking about working on that. And they have uh, MIDI switching. A lot of pedals have that technology to where things can be uh, connected in such a way that to a kind of a master controller, mm -hmm. and you can assign uh, the, the pedals on there, the buttons on there to turn on and off various combinations of pedals. And uh, so sometimes that can come into play, especially like, you know, if you're playing like uh, maybe uh atmospheric music shoegaze music i don't i don't know maybe but uh, have you guys ever messed with any of that stuff i haven't yet i mean outside of the realm of like using it for multi-effect stuff no i've never messed with it um you know like uh jesse lacy from brand new joey and i talked about this a long time ago he had that that uh pedal controller that actually had the bits on the yeah, even like an original gig rig, which is like 
It's like an analog unit where there's dip switches where, and like I think the octa switch is something that does a similar thing too. Um, where there's like dip switches where like it it tells you tell it what you want in the signal on a particular button. So you hit this button and it has dip switches two, three, and four lit up, but not five, six, and seven. And so whenever you switch to that, like you still have to like if you need to change what the delay does, it won't do that for you, but it'll. It'll turn, it'll, it's, will literally turn multiple pedals on or off, pull them out of the signal, and that's it. Whereas, like, some of the, like, more complex ones that I think you were mentioning, Dylan, were, like, the ones that have the MIDI are ones that, are, like, are doing things, like, telling your Strymons what to do, yeah. or telling them to sync to this, or, or stuff like that. But, um, yeah, there's, like, more simple examples of just, I need to turn three pedals off here and these other two pedals on where they can do that too. Um, I've never really had to mess with too many uh, or mess with things like that other than like what the MS3 can do. And it is, I mean, it is handy. Yeah. Like it's, I, I think because of the size of them, it's not super interesting to me currently, but they definitely have their place. Um, I think if you have like a board, like something like, you said with Jesse Lacey, where you have like a bunch of a bunch of pedals that you all like, like what all the applications are used for. But you do need to be able to not have to like turn two pedals off and another pedal on all at the same time. Then uh, they're good for that. Yeah. yeah. But the MS3 I specifically like because it has the effects built into it. So it's like it's your brain, but it also like you can tell it to do things like switch the channel on your amp in an analog way like you don't have to get you don't have to use midi to do that like you can do xlr out like you would with your normal foot switch or not xlr but uh, quarter inch out like you do with, with the actual amp foot switch and then tell it to do that so it's like on first scene it needed to be this channel with these pedals on or whatever yeah um but i do think the the like larger I wouldn't say crazy, but like more involved rigs like that are cool. Like I think, I think there, there's definitely a place for that, especially the ones with like the, like the tiered setups. You know, you see a lot of the stuff like on that pedal show where they do stuff like that, where they have like the the first layer of the pedals and it has that on it, and then there's like an extra layer on top where yeah. like the most immediate ones you need to access are there, and then all the ones underneath you don't really have to touch, but um, can come in and out of the loops when you need them, but. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty sick. What was the name of the of of the MIDI switch that you used to use uh like back in the beginning? Was it a Rocktron? Yeah, Rocktron MIDI Mate. Yeah, okay. I still have it. It's still there down in Carlsbad. Definitely a cool piece. Uh used that to control my uh, Axe effects. Yeah. Before they came out with their proprietary foot switches that are much easier to use learning how to do the MIDI programming. That was really tedious for me. I really struggled with that. <laughs> <laughs> Two, four, six, eight. <laughs> trying, trying to put in the, to title the patches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drang. Drang. Hang on. Joey, you had that too, didn't you? Yeah, you I had a MIDI made for a while. Yeah, you have to learn. It's like learning code you have to learn a language to be able to do yeah like figure that out in a way that's like and what which one did jameson have 
Yeah, the Behringer. The Behringer, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, that's right. FCB. Uh, FCB, yeah. Something, something like that. Shout out, Jameson. Shout out, Jameson. What was the name of the of the one that uh uh that Hesse Lacey used? It was a gig rig. Gig rig. It was like the first one. It's also the like the same one that uh John Stockman used to use. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bass player of Carnival. Carnival. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Octa Switch does a similar thing, and that's like Tosin Abashi has been known to use that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, I just like that old analog stuff a lot. I think it's a cool idea. Yeah, before, like, it was really cool when the M9 came out because it didn't do that, but it was like a way where. And it's not a small unit, but and it was a way where within the unit itself, like you could have six different effects all in like the same scene and they were in an order. And really it was like kind of three in a row, but each in the row or in the column could be a different effect. It was like one of the first ones that I remember um, where like you were able to like this, I can put this on the board and it can be like anything I want it to be. And all the effects were like super unique and cool. Um, so like that you could kind of put in place of like where a lot of people now would have the Strymons and uh, things like that, where they have like the timeline, the blue sky or the big sky, the, um, I forget the module, what's that one called? The Mobius. Mm-hmm. All like this was like that you could just set that there for for to cover all of that. And it could do drives, sounds and all that stuff too in a way that was like better or easier to like manipulate and you had more control over than just having like a big multi effects processor um, floorboard on there. Like the old bosses were yeah. Um, too. So it was like smaller footprint relative to those. Um, and then had like way more um, flexibility on what you could do. So that was like kind of like a life changing pedal when that came out. Um, and I would say the MS three from boss was like, Another thing, although I don't think it ever really got as popular as it should have been, but that was another example where it's like, okay, you get a bit of signal routing and being able to turn multiple things off and on. You can do things like have it control your amp and then have like some amount of multi or like multiple different effects of the boss variety in there and still have a way to incorporate again your like analog, your own analog pedals as well. So it was like a really. It was a really forward-thinking design to me, and I, I think that's a really cool unit. Yeah, I mean, I think we bring that up almost every episode, and I still wonder why that was not more popular than it was. Yeah. It was incredibly clever, especially for people like, I feel like it tapped into the the population of people that loved multi-effects, but also loved, they had like very specific pedals that Boss can't, can't do, and so you can kind of have the best of both worlds there. And and play with it and build these kind of elaborate rigs while still having a boss unit at the at the core, you know. So yeah. it was like really pretty clever in thinking about like what their role is in the in the grand scheme of like your sound journey. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you 
it's it like starts and ends with boss yeah. basically you, yeah. you know but being open to having other things hooked up to it um which was cool like i'm sure that if you asked them they would say well of course you would have more boss pedals plugged into it but you know like you know you were probably wouldn't do that yeah. but uh i mean it was a really cool idea and it's like really shocking to me that other companies haven't done something like that or they haven't expanded that that unit out it, like especially because like you hear fractal or people who play fractal stuff always saying like oh it takes pedals really well yeah. but like you can't like drop them in the chain you know wherever you want kind of you're kind of it's either before or after kind of a thing you know so yeah it's done in the the boss in a a way that's cool because like i was mentioning with the ms or the m9 before in the line six series like it was like you had to physically decide or like choose where to put it and and usually you'd see it at the end depending on what it was but you had some flexibility where like you could make the first thing in the signal path within the m9 be like another drive if you wanted that but you didn't really have you couldn't route all those effects before the pedals you were putting earlier in the chain without actually physically moving it and changing the the cables to make it do that whereas in the boss you can you can do that you can move the set now i'd never got the functionality of where the three slots where you could put the pedals in could be like separated like you would always have to move the three together in a row but you could move it wherever you wanted in the chain which is the cool and then of course there's still like more in-depth stuff you can do you can set it so that certain foot switches will do whatever you want you can have them like as you press on the switch it ramps up one particular parameter yeah. on it and like a bunch of crazy stuff that people got really creative with so yeah so a cool sick pedal yeah yeah and those line six units those still hold up and they're still you know yeah yeah still a lot of people are still using them and i uh i don't know how the hx effects compares but i've definitely seen some videos on that and that seems really cool too it's just, uh, again, it just depends on what you're trying to do because it's like a, uh, the cost of a Strymon pedal is equipped, is a, more or less the same as a, some whole multi-effects units. Yeah. So yeah. It, it just depends, like, you know, do you really want a very specific reverb that can do all these things or do you want, you know, to kind of cover a few bases in one in one go? So it's just... Just definitely depends on the player and what your applications are and stuff. And historically, I've always been into multi-effects unit and think they're just like a good bang for your buck and stuff as well. But there's definitely then you you lose out on being able to really use uh, physical pedals and ma manipulate the knobs physically and and kind of you can change the order with a multi-effects unit internally, but you know, physically being able to do it, being able to to really use the choice pedals that you've put together. It's a really fun thing too. Yeah. Um, also, a fun thing that happens with the M9 stuff is the modding of it, which is like a big deal, like the of the JHV stuff. Yeah, yeah, the JHV uh, <clears throat> mods are cool. Uh, I mean, it was like largely like improving, like clarity, um, adding things like a master volumes, like some mainly quality of life stuff. But it was interesting that they did that. Yeah, even for something that like. Maybe you wouldn't expect people to do with something like that didn't have like traditional analog or like 
normal style components to it like you wouldn't expect to see people go and mod those like you don't hear about people or you don't really know about people doing that with other like multi-effects units but it was interesting that people did it for that knowing which things you like the most what you want to keep like as a specific sound and then making your concessions elsewhere like i think with the with the m9 and there are examples like we mentioned before of like specific types of effects that i have my favorites for but um it's like the ms3 brought functionality with it that was like i was fine with making the concession on like i don't need the i don't need strymon delays or um you know certain types of like very particular delay um in there but you also have the room for like i i would still run like one other like analog time-based effect in addition whether it's a reverb or something like that but it's cool like they're still cool multi-effects are still cool for like i just want to mess around with that sound for like a little bit and see like maybe i use it for one part in one song i don't need it a dedicated pedal just specifically for that um to do it but yeah you got to kind of assess and like make your concessions if, if you're going to do something like that yeah yeah i mean again it it all comes like with basically everything else in life it's going to come down to like your use case and and how much you want to dive into to tweaking it and stuff um you know that's kind of the the whole point of this right is yeah. like we're talking about various use cases and why we like them more than others so or wh why we like certain products for certain things over others um that's where like all the variety comes from. Mm -hmm. um, it's like understanding that and getting to play with it. So looking ahead, uh, we've we're on episode eight now. We've got uh, four more episodes left in the year, and then presumably we'll do more next year. But I think what our aim to do now is we've covered like major topics. Now I think we want to move into more specific topics, and that's going to be pedal stuff first. And so I think kind of the 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 overarching aim here is to um talk about categories of pedals like but more specifically and talk really more about the meat of those those categories and you know why we like certain things over others how how things change the sound um trends uh you know characteristics that are particularly a unique or or uncommon um and basically everything in between and then we'll go through all the major categories and then kind of at the end end of that journey we'll talk about putting everything together um and yeah i think that's going to be a fun series of deep dives because you know we can talk like in like general terms about pedals but like you're really missing so much about what actually makes each category or each specific pedal unique and cool and mm -hmm. why you would choose that over something else. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting more into the meat of those things and, and like learning a little bit more about it and understanding of what you guys' tastes are specifically. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. Talk about these at length, it's like more specific stuff. So. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys again, as always, for tuning in uh, to the Desert Tones podcast. Thank you again, guys, for being being with me tonight here. It's always a lot of fun and yeah, look forward is. to uh, checking in next month. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, so much.
Um, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, please feel free to follow us on Instagram or to email us. Um, Desert Tones Pod on Instagram. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Desert Tones Pod at gmail.com. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Please reach out or comment or message and just let us know what you're thinking or any other ideas or questions you had or anything you want us to expand on. We are here for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are ready and willing. All right. Thanks, everybody. Take care, guys. Thank you. See ya. Hasta luego.